Welcome to our Saturday simulcast, November 18th edition, following Northwestern's 23-15 win over Purdue at Ryan Field, the last game to be played at Ryan Field, I guess, as we understand it. Purdue had a lot of opportunities today. We'll talk about that. Didn't get, didn't execute at the right time. That's part of the story. Uh, hear from Tom Deanhart and Mike Carmen. I want to thank the Union Club Hotel and uh, all that they do for us. Uh, we appreciate them. The 811 Bistro, the Boiler Up Bar, uh, Leaps Coffee, all those things. Any one of those drinks might come in handy. Maybe coffee. I don't know. After this one, uh, Mr. Dean Hart's a coffee guy, and he's got some going there up at the up at the Ryan Field uh, uh, press box. All right. Um, and we also a reminder to folks, too, first, that uh, you can subscribe to us at goldenblack.com and read all of Mike and Tom's work. Uh, we appreciate that. And those message boards are always such a fun time this time of year after a game like that. Uh, Mike Carmen rolling his eyes up there, but that's OK. All right, Tom, I want to start with you, as I usually do in these deals, because you are the man on the street or in the press box. The press box. Disappointing loss. Uh, to me, this was a game that, uh, you know, Purdue should have should have been ahead 17 to six at the half. Wasn't. That was scoreless at the half. Uh, it just seemed like a lot of missed opportunities. Yes, Northwestern certainly uh, ca uh, capitalized on its opportunities, made the big plays, but uh, Purdue without its quarterbacks, there are a number of storylines. But uh, how do you, how did Ryan Walters sum it up, and how do you sum this one up? Yeah, we talked before we started uh, uh, about Ryan's comments, just you know, in the post game, and you had him on the radio show. You know, he was he was brief. I I, I could sense some frustration here. Very frustrated. Uh, yeah. So, you know, it's been a long year for, for, I'm sure, that staff and a lot of those players. And you guys watched the game, just disappointing. You know, th th this game was begging to be won by Purdue. And, uh, my God, how valuable is Hudson Card to this team, right? I mean, last week against essentially the same type of team in Minnesota, they scored 49 points. This week they're shut out at halftime, 6 nothing, and they struggled to score 15 points. And uh, on and on it goes. Of course, the big storyline being Hudson Card's absence. And uh, the decision to rotate quarterbacks, we asked Ryan about that in the post game. He just felt each of them sort of brought something different that could help the offense out today. They were hoping, guys, that one would get the hot hand and he would be the guy for the duration of the game. That never happened. But it was interesting. Ryan Brown came in for the last two drives. They sent him back out there for that, that, that potentially game-winning drive. So I thought even at halftime, he was, he was my choice. Yeah, I think I sent something out on social media. He just had a little bit more to him as a runner, uh, a little bit more explosion, I think. Uh, neither guy looked like much of a passer today, but I just thought he did a little bit more. He was the guy that engineered both touchdown drives today. So, uh, again, um, the offensive line had its issues once again. They still ran for 300 yards, but they were compromised up front. It sounded like Musa wasn't even supposed to play. He did. You know, yeah, he, right. He, he dressed, but – he was supposed to be using an emergency basis only, but he volunteered himself and played, and and they needed him today. Ben Farrell suited up, tried to play, wasn't able to go, and we saw Daniel uh, Daniel Johnson get out there and play. So, again, um, they're doing the best they can up front. But, guys, again, um, just disappointing to, to lose a game that, that was very winnable. I think I've said that three or four times this year, a game that was very winnable that Purdue was unable to, to come away with. And just lastly, two guys, the turnovers and the stakes. A muffed punt. There was a mishandled kickoff down there by Tyrone Tracy. Two interceptions, four fumbles, two lost fumbles. 
you know, Northwestern by and large played a, a pretty clean game until that late interception. And a partridge in a pear tree. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was uh, very much the way. I'll raise my hand as a Saturday evening, uh, not a Monday morning quarterback. Boy, I I thought, and it's easy for me to say that Ryan Brown was a clear choice, uh, even in the second half. I, I was glad they went to him at the very end, but I would like to have seen him earlier. Again, yeah. easy thing for me to say. Mike, what, what were your impressions? Well, there's a lot to unpack from this game. And, you know, initially you don't want to be overly – critical based on the situation that, that they were faced with, but the same problem, and it doesn't really matter who your quarterback is to some degree, but the same problem that has haunted this team all year was short yardage situation. Oh, yeah. And they, they have not figured that part out yet. And no. I, I, I like when they were down there, I like the depth sweep to be on Burke. It, you know, it didn't, it didn't work, but I liked the different play call and what they ran on the, uh, sorry about that, uh, what they ran on the two point conversion. Where was that earlier in the year, uh, in short yardage situations? So, um, you know, that, that was a big time fail again for this, for this offense. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, if, if Ryan wanted to go with the hot hand, you needed to have them throw the ball a little bit more to see who had the hot hand. And they really didn't do that. I mean, uh, Brown had the hot legs, but maybe, you know, he wasn't able to maybe to get in the rhythm throwing and they had a lot of success on the ground and they should have stayed with that. And they did. Uh, and they had an opportunity to, to get out in front of this game and maybe dictate things, but uh, it didn't happen, but they were faced with a tough situation trying right. to play for trying to play two quarterbacks. Um, I, I wish they would have settled on one after the first half, yeah. you know, instead of alternating series, give one a, a quarter, uh, the other one, the other quarter, and then go with who you wanted, uh, after halftime, let that guy get in the rhythm and, yeah. uh, let the offense understand who's, who's running the show back there. But for the most part, I thought the defense played well enough, um, to, to win. Uh, you know, they gave up some big plays later late, but, um, they kept Purdue in the game as, as as long as it could, and the the Cam Johnson long touchdown run, yeah. I believe, is the same play that Iowa ran against Purdue. Yeah, it scored its touchdown early in the game, where they brought the guy in motion, and then they ran right behind him to a gaping hole, and I think the same thing happened again uh, in this game. So, you know, teams have figured out what Purdue's doing on defense in certain situations, and they're they're taking advantage of it. But, you know, Tom's right. The turnovers were big. You can't muff a punt. doesn't matter who your quarterback is in that situation. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, some of the other – some of the some of the other miscues really um, put Purdue behind the eight ball. But, again, I think it's defense. Played well enough to keep it in the game as long as it could. But, you know, you were going to have some problems on offense today based on your quarterback situation. Yeah, four four turnovers to one. You just don't win many games when that happens. Uh, I think that's what the final total was, and that uh, that makes it uh, nearly impossible to get the job done if if you're Purdue in this situation. And that that part is uh, very very disappointing from a from a Purdue standpoint. Okay, you look at uh, rushing today, and again, uh, Mike, you asked before the before this that uh, the, the uh, last time Purdue had two three hundred plus yard rushing performances in a Big Ten game or. Any any game 
and I did look it up on the tiller composite. They did come close in 2002. They did not do it. Uh, they had 295 yards against Indiana and 300 and some against Michigan State. My point is, I think you got to go back to the days of maybe of Mike Allstott, and maybe since wow. that's Purdue's ground game uh, got the job done against, uh, you know, again today in Tyrone Tracy and Devin Mockaby. Tracy certainly was was big. But again, it's that one yard thing that just uh, absolutely is a bugaboo of this football team. Yeah, again, that's that, that goes back to Jeff Brom era. I mean, obviously, even Joe Tiller, right? It's it's it's, it's, a, it's a symptom of, of Purdue, I guess, and the inability maybe to get those big physical offensive linemen. Uh, just exasperating. Um, and then the decision to skew the field goals. I, I kind of wonder what your guys' thoughts on are on those. Of course, missing the opening 44-yard field goal, deflating. I know that's not an easy kick, but still deflating. Uh, but they, they could have attempted a couple of field goals that were much more makeable, but they decided to go for it a couple of times and came up empty. Uh, you know, points are going to be precious in a game like this. And we asked Ryan that, and I think he he didn't think he didn't think Fields was going to win this game. Um, so that was that was an interesting choice. Right. And uh, but then back back to the backs, Tyrone Tracy and Devin Mockaby. Yeah, my gosh, uh, just the guys that have really been the bellwethers all year on this offense. The big plays today, the big run by Tracy, Mockaby catching the ball, and he had a neat run down that one sideline uh, toward that south end zone where I think he leaped over a guy. And uh, they they keep the chains moving and uh, and uh, again I've been having so valuable all year. Uh, you know Tracy went down late. That's something to keep an eye out for his back. And uh, so they're going to need him next week, guys. But uh, yeah, just uh, you know again you think of woulda, shoulda, coulda, and, and despite all those foibles, the turnovers, the muff punts, Purdue still was in a position to drive down the field. Yeah, four touchdown, go for two, and tie the game. So. Yeah, having said all that, all those negative things, they still were in a position to uh, to maybe make this a ball game and win in overtime, and that just makes it all the more exasperating when you think about that. Yeah, Tyrone Tracy, you know the, the whole the Northwestern fans thinking he was faking that injury. That ten yeah. seconds did not help Purdue down the stretch, and and they were already in a harried situation anyway, where it was. I just didn't think they were under really under control of what they wanted to get done. Not surprising when you have a true freshman quarterback in there, but that was not enough. Uh, uh, you know, it would have been a minor miracle for them to score and get the job done. But uh, again, Ryan Wallers talked about, at least on postgame radio, just about the whole notion of we've got to fix these little things and the attention to detail. And even, even the uh, unsportsmanlike penalty, I know you had a pick on the next play, but that's the kind of stuff that just can't happen when you don't have a margin for victory or margin for error. I should say Purdue certainly didn't have enough of that uh, today. All right, we'll look ahead to Indiana and obviously now two, three and eight teams playing against one another. We've seen that story before in uh, the bucket game that has happened. I will have to look Look that up. I think it's happened a couple times uh, where teams have had that record or worse heading into that game. But it is a game, Mike, that's going to mean a lot to Purdue. Uh, I know you're. Not, I know you're not a big believer in momentum, and I respect that. Too. You're you're wise in your in in saying that. But uh, it's to sure would at least help yourself if you're Ryan Walters to get off the field, get off the season with a win against your rival. Did I, did I put words into your mouth? I didn't mean to. No, I just. I mean. How, how would you view the season if Purdue beats Indiana? Is that what level of success do you put yeah. on the 
that Purdue beats Indiana? That's a that's a question that I think the outsiders will look at. Yeah. But back to what you said about fixing some of these problems that have had that to me, that's what these last three games have been about. You know, clean up the mistakes that you that you made to put yourself in a position to, to render these games not as meaningful as they should have been. And with whether it's the fumbles, the, the penalties and, and other things, clean up those things at the end of this year so you can kind of push that into next year. And that should not be a problem. You know, you should not have those issues going into next year. So it's a little disturbing to see some of that still happening uh, at, at the end of the year. But, you know, the Indiana game now becomes each team's Super Bowl, college yeah. football playoff, whatever you want to whatever you want to term it. But to me, that's the underlying question, how you view the season now. If they beat Indiana, does that is there some level of success there that you that you put on it and the winner will put that on it because mm-hmm. they can and they will. And that's what they'll promote as they go off in the offseason and recruiting. But to me, it's a little bit of an interesting side bar to this game coming up. It, it, you know, it's a big game for both teams. Obviously, it's a big game for both schools. Um, everybody wants to win it. This is Walter's first bucket game. Um, and just curious how he approaches it. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, there'll, there'll be, there'll be a level of interest in, in next week's game. I'm not going to say how much there's, there's a level of interest though. Well, considering it's going head to head in a television with uh, Ohio state, Michigan, that's interesting, but yeah, there is a level of interest from a Purdue standpoint. Certainly. I, I do think Ryan Walters has to use every opportunity to, to show some level of progress. You're right. When you look at the grand work and say four and eight, are you happy? No, that was probably the low end of my expectations of, of acceptable expectations. Uh, but I guess you could say if you win that game, you win two out of your last three and you look good doing that. Okay. And, and he just needs to have keep, he's not in, I don't think he's in danger of losing the locker room, so to speak, but he's got to keep the fan base excited enough. And he has to show, you know, if Hudson card comes back next week, has a big day and Purdue stomps Indiana, uh, then you might say, well, they could have beat Northwestern with Hudson Card. I, I don't know. I don't know what fans think, but Tom, I'll give you the last chance to sum yeah. that and, uh, and bring this to, to fruition. Oh, I've been part of many uh, meaningless bucket games. <laughs> yeah, yes, we have. Yeah, I've seen a lot of three and eight football teams. Um, but yeah, I think it's important for both these coaches, right? I mean, I think you talked about it a little bit, Alan or Mike, for Ryan Walters wanting you know, you, you always want to beat your rival and that that's going to make your, your alumni happy to beat the Hoosiers. And, uh, and then for Tom Allen, right. Another tough loss today. I saw at home to, to Michigan yeah. state. I think he's safe probably for this year after they beat Wisconsin and gave Penn state a game. And uh, it looks like they run the game today against the Spartans, but uh, he, he's looking to enhance his, uh, his approval rating, if you will. And in, in, uh, in, in Bloomington, Indiana. So, yeah, big game for, for both those head coaches for different reasons, I guess. And, and uh, yeah, I guess, you know, Mike makes a good point about off-season momentum. I think it probably is something that's media-made or or something fan else. Made. Come yeah. Up. And, yeah, fan-made. Uh, but still, boy, if you're Ryan Walters, you want to be able to keep that bucket in, in the Kozich football complex. And and uh, as you know, Alan, some of these, some of these coaches have been fired because they couldn't beat their rival, right? Yeah. So, uh, again, um uh, it's always good if, if if you're if you're struggling, but if you can still beat your rival, that, that's going to build some curry some favor with that fan base always. 
Yeah, I think one thing, and lastly, I'll say is that you want to show momentum. Uh, I understand the, the limited, uh, but you still, one of your biggest dates is on on the calendar is signing day here in three weeks or, or four yeah. weeks or whenever that is. You want to do whatever you can to keep that class as intact as possible in this wonderful world of transfer portal and NIL. And I do think a victory and some a little bit of that will at least help that get that done um, from that standpoint. We'll, we shall see. So no one's guaranteeing a bucket victory just yet, but uh, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I would suggest that I would expect Purdue, since Purdue was a favorite today before the, the card situation and Scouting situation, I would expect Purdue to be a, a small favorite next week. Would you guys, guys agree to that? Carm, you're a great bookie. Tell, yeah, tell Mike, 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 Mike's Mr. Vegas. What do you think? Yeah, well, tell us what you think there. Are they going to be a favorite? Yeah, I, I mean, a lot A lot will depend on cards. Yeah. Uh, it, it may they may not put a line on it, right, because of that. It, yeah. it, may, it may open with no line, but I think once there's a line established, if cards available and he's going to play, I think Purdue will be, a, will be a favorite, not a big favorite, but still, yeah. uh, if he's not, then you're probably looking at a, a, a pick em, I would I would say, and yeah. that's what that's what it's been the last two weeks anyway when they put minus one to either team. It's basically a pick em because there are no ties anymore in, in college football. Yeah. As they say, a touchdown and a field goal, it'll be less than it'll be maybe a field goal that they'll be a, they'll be a favorite uh, if cards playing. All right, guys. Tom, have a safe trip back. Did you have another comment you wanted to make? I oh, been, no, no, I'm just scratching my ankle. And uh, safe, tra safe travel back. You can have a tearful farewell of Ryan Field know, and, the old, and going back to the days of Dyke, of Dyke State. Soaking it all in. Soaking it all in. I was thinking how many times I've been up here. I've seen Purdue a few. I saw Purdue lose here in 1988, win here in 91. I was with Mike in 2019 for the Aiden O'Connell game. And then today were the four times I think I've seen Purdue play up here. So my record is not too good up here watching the Boilermakers. I remember I still owe them money because I think I walked in with the Purdue band. The last time Purdue had a shutout as a college student, I walked in with the Purdue band. It was raining cats and or canned hams, as David Letterman would say. Purdue wins 35 to nothing. Uh, that wasn't the last time I was there, but I remember also a Jim Everett game. I think I, I haven't been there for quite a while, but uh, certainly a uh, farewell. But it sounds like the new place is going to be something else, and we're all going to go. Yeah, it's gonna be the same area. It's gonna be the same stadium. Yeah. Uh it's it's a cool you guys that's a cool neighbor. Kind of reminds me of Hills and Dales a little bit. Yeah. The houses are right around here and um kind of tucked in the neighborhoods. It's a it's always one of the more unique and I think kind of for me, kind of fun place to always to come to. Yeah, no doubt. All right, guys, have a great uh, rest of your Saturday night. Thank you to the Union Club Hotel. We will be doing this show again, probably around the same time as last uh, or as this week as Indiana and Purdue take uh, take each other. They have agreed to play one another and they will next noon, next week on Saturday at noon. And uh, we'll look forward to our next edition of uh, Saturday simulcast. Also, happy Thanksgiving to everybody else. And a reminder, you can subscribe to goldenblack.com. We highly recommend you do so. And stay tuned for Brian Newbert's coverage also from Hawaii as Purdue's men's basketball will have a busy and important week out West. So have a great rest of the weekend all. Thanks to all for watching and we'll see you next week on Saturday simulcast. Well, if I can hit or stop, I'll stop it. <laughs> hold on here. Hold on. My little mouse is there. Okay.